Please turn with me in your Bibles to our text uh, this evening, which will be Ecclesiastes chapter 8. When I had began putting the sermon together, my intention was to do Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 1 to 8. I only got to verse 1. We're looking at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 8 and verse 1 tonight. But we'll read 1 to 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse starting at verse 1. Please hear with me, brothers and sisters, the reading of God's Word. Who is like the wise? And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Do not be hasty to go from his presence, Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time in the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything. Although man's trouble lies heavy on him, for he does not know what it is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All this I observed by applying my heart to all that is done under the sun when man had power over man to his hurt. Thus far is the reading of of God's Word. Wisdom and prudence... Uh, have been defined, for example, by the 17th century Dutch Reformed theologian Wilhelmus Brockel as the exertion of the believer's intellect which governs them in accomplishing their intended objective by the premeditated use of suitable means. Right? This is why wisdom is so commended not only by Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, but throughout all of the Scripture, because what we need to be growing up in is not just our intellect, right? not just knowing what the Scriptures say, but we need to also be growing up in our right use of those things, right? in our right use of that knowledge, in a right manner that accords ultimately with the, with the glory of God, but it is also that is, is profitable to others. Now, remember that knowledge and wisdom are not the same things. Right? The wise person knows how to make use of the knowledge they have. Right? They know how to, to use it rightly. This is even a distinction that Christ makes in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, when He says, everyone who hears these words of mine right, intellectually knows them and does them. Right? makes use of them properly, will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. It's this wisdom, brothers and sisters, that is rare. It's this wisdom that I think oftentimes is, is actually underdeveloped in so many Christian lives. Because what we see is we are so concerned with knowledge, right, so that we can speak about everything that's going on, and be able to have an opinion on every doctrine, that we don't spend enough time making improvements upon the wisdom that God has given to His people. 
This is why, for example, in uh, the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians, he says in his prayer, right, he asked that God would grant to the people all spiritual wisdom. Why? So that they might walk in a manner worthy of God. Right? You need heavenly wisdom to guide that heavenly doctrine or that heavenly knowledge that we have. And Paul in that chapter prays this way because he knows that, that those who have that wisdom and who have made great gains on that wisdom are a great benefit to the kingdom, right? to themselves and to others. Too many Christians walk around puffed up with knowledge and they have a zeal to share that knowledge with others. I can tell you that for a fact in all my Reformed Baptist uh, Facebook groups are, that I'm on, you see everyone wants to tell you about all the knowledge they have. And they're, they're real zealous right, about, about making their arguments. But I want us to see, see this, that, that zeal without wisdom, right? zeal without wisdom does a disservice to God. It does a disservice to the kingdom. It does a disservice to others. Oftentimes, it will make you and I unuseful servants right, to the kingdom of God. Even though we may desire to do good things and our attempt to do them, if it be not led by wisdom, oftentimes does much more injury than good. Right? For example, let's, let's take this. We have all probably known people, have seen people, or who have been people who have tried to to convey some truth to someone, right? Share the gospel or some aspect of, of Christian doctrine to others. But in our attempt to do so to maybe a parent or a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, we were not led by wisdom in how we did it. And so the, what it resulted in was something terrible, right? But it was our fault that it ended that way. It was our fault that it ended that way. Um, this is why we should not just desire knowledge, or at least not knowledge alone, but knowledge and wisdom. Because what wisdom does is, wisdom focuses on the means and the manner in which we use that knowledge. Right? That's what wisdom is. It focuses on the, the means and the manner by which we use that knowledge that we have. Right? Too often it's the case that, that one's zeal to get someone to see the truth Right? Whether that be an unbeliever or just another believer that you want to win on to, to your side. Even if, if they are ready and willing to listen to your argument, right? oftentimes we can speak very harsh with them, can't we? Right? Communicating to them things in the, in the wrong way. Right? Being harsh when we ought to be gentle. Being rash when we ought to be cautious. Being loud when we ought to be quiet. And in doing so, a perfectly good opportunity has been lost. And many times, right, you miss out on any further opportunity that you might have to speak to them. Because although you tell them, I have the true doctrine, I know the true gospel, you don't adorn it yourselves. And so you miss out on any further opportunity to ever speak to them again. Right? Too often people speak rashly and crudely and intemperately. Just out of zeal, they rush into a situation, but they allow their emotions to get the best of them. Wisdom goes into a situation, not only knowing the content to say, but knowing the right manner to say it. Knowing the right ends that they are saying it for. 
And they have all of those things already determined when they go into the situation. It's like a construction worker who first looks at the blueprint before they proceed. Right? The same must be true of you and I, brothers and sisters. We must see the big picture right before we proceed and so that we might act accordingly. Right? Wisdom shows itself in self-control. In understanding what the objective is and not allowing anything us to push us off that goal. Nor allowing anything to cause us in our desire to honor God to instead dishonor Him. I think too often that's the case is that, is that when we share things with others, with an unbeliever, someone who has a different position than us, we're more worried about our own honor, which is why we speak to them maybe so aggressively or we maybe use demeaning words, right? Because we want everyone to see maybe how smart we are, right? We're worried about our own honor and we're way less worried about the honor of God. But this is why Paul says to the saints in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Right? What does wisdom do for the one who walks in it? Well, Scripture tells us it causes the unbeliever to have their mouth shut, doesn't it? Scripture tells us there's nothing evil that that person will be able to say of you. And perhaps you've had that experience yourself. Maybe you've, you've spoken to an unbeliever or someone in a false religion. And after you were done speaking to them, maybe they said something like, we agree to disagree. Or, or maybe they said, you've made a lot of good points. I have to think more about it. But they, they walk away from it going and saying to you, I appreciate the manner in which you communicated this to me. I, I see that you truly believe what it is you're saying, but I also see that you, you care about me. Right? That, that you care about me. And, and I thank you for that. And they say things like that because too often the opposite is true. But we need to understand that, that brothers and sisters, we ought not to just desire to communicate through our mouths the love of Christ to others. But in communicating with our mouths the love of Christ to others, we also should be demonstrating right, the love of Christ to others as well. Right? Not just with our words, but with our actions. With the, with the way in which we communicate with others. Right? These are things that, that wisdom teaches us. Right? Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Knowing that what? Just as he tells Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, Right When he tells him to correct your opponents in gentleness, he says what? So that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Right? Wisdom, brothers and sisters, when we walk in it, is going to help us to remove obstacles, remove barriers. Oftentimes, can be ourselves. Right? We are the barrier uh, to the work of God through the manner in which we communicate things. Right? Wisdom will help us to, to, to remove all barriers and let God do His work on those people. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't times in which we are to speak har- maybe harshly, uh, maybe use strong language. Paul certainly isn't saying that. But what I think has become the default setting is what I'm describing. Right? The default setting is to, is to be harsh and blunt and rash and uh, 
less than graceful towards others in our speech. But that's not wisdom. Right? That's not wisdom. Wisdom considers the audience. Right? Who am I speaking to? Am I speaking to someone who's just hardened to the gospel? Perhaps I should not be casting pearls before swine then. Right? Who's the audience that I'm speaking to? Is this someone who truly wants to, to learn and to understand? This is someone maybe I'll give my, my time and attention to then. Right? Wisdom considers the place. Is right here, right now, the best place to be doing this? Or should maybe I pull this person off to the side quietly? Is that more conducive to the end than I want to get to? Right? Wisdom considers the time. Is right now the right time, the best time to do this? Or perhaps, should I wait for a future opportunity? Should I delay what I have to say, even though I know for, for probably all of us, sometimes that's hard to do. We have something we want to say, we want to say it. But wisdom tells us sometimes it's better to delay. And this goes not just for dealing with the unbeliever, it goes with dealing with believers as well, even here within us, within the church together. I'm sure we've all had the conversation in this church and another church amongst other brothers and sisters in the faith, and we gotten into the car and we said, man, I wish I wouldn't have brought that up now. Or I wish I would have said that a different way. But this is why Solomon says, who is like the wise man? Right? Who is like the wise man? They are hard to find. But when found, it is a thing of beauty to see put on display, isn't it? Right? Wisdom for the Christian is like a, an ornament that they wear. As Matthew Henry says, heavenly wisdom will make a man an incomparable man. Heavenly wisdom will make a man an incomparable man. No matter how smart someone is, how powerful they are, how much earthly wisdom they have, how, how rich they are, they can never compare to someone who has Christian wisdom. Someone who is, who is led by the, the mind of God. What is more excellent than, than Christian wisdom, brothers and sisters? It is a great happiness to the, the one who exercises it. Right? It is a great happiness to the person who exercises that great gift. Why? Because they are useful servants for the kingdom. Right? Those who, who use that gift of wisdom will know how to manage every situation they find themselves in. Which is most needful in the day and age that we live in, isn't it? In this present evil age. In which the devil right, is, is walking around as a roaring lion seeking whom he can destroy. In a day and age in which we are constantly being tempted by everything around us. Right? Wisdom enables you and I to avoid those snares. The person who lacks wisdom is like that person who walks in the dark room. Feeling around. Not knowing where they are going. What they are doing. Right? But the wise person walks in the light of the day. Right? The wise person sees everything that is before them. Knows how to navigate around it. Because that wise person knows God. Right? And they seek to honor and glorify God with their living. This is why Solomon then will go on to say in verse 1, And who knows the interpretation of a thing? Right? He's saying, who is like the wise man who understands the seasons and the times 
and the circumstances and the situations, even in those critical moments, and He knows how to act rightly. He knows how to choose wisely. Right? It is these people who are most excellent. Why? Because not only are they a benefit to themselves, but they're a benefit to everyone that they come into contact with. They are a benefit to their family, to their spouse, to their children, to their neighbors, to their brothers and sisters in the Lord, to their family, to their city, to their state, to their country. Right? They're a benefit to all. Why? Not because of their own ingenious ideas, but we're talking about the one who has taken up the mind of God as His own. The mind of God in His Word. The mind of God in His works. And this wise person is able to, in some sense, clearly communicate that to others. And and demonstrate it in their own lives. Isn't Joseph a perfect example of this? I think Joseph's a very good example of this. If you remember, it was that gift of heavenly wisdom that God had given to Joseph by which he was able to warn Pharaoh of the famine that was to come. In order that they might save up food, stock up on food, so that when the famine came, they wouldn't starve. But in that wisdom, Joseph was a blessing to Pharaoh. He was a blessing to the Egyptians. He was a blessing to the Israelites. He was a blessing to his own family, right? who came to him, so that they would not starve for food. This is why then he concludes in verse 1 saying, A man's wisdom makes his face shine. And the hardness of his face is changed. Now, Psalm's not saying that, that our face literally shines. But what he's saying is that the one who is, who has taken up the mind of God, who walks with the mind of God, walks in the beauty of holiness. Right? He's, he's a shining, beaming light before the world. He lets the light of Christ shine before others. And onlookers see this. And that person who walks in wisdom is lovely to those onlookers. Why? Well, because the wise person is a benefit to so many. Wisdom is a gift given not to be used selfishly, but to be a a blessing and a benefit to others. Now, this last part might be a little more difficult because we have to ask, well, what does it mean to, to say the hardness of his face has changed? It could also be translated, though, The strength of his face has changed. But whether it's hardness or strength, what it means to convey to us is that the wise person is now the person who can walk in strength and confidence. Right? That's what it's saying. Without wisdom, we lacked understanding. We were, we were uncertain about where we were going and how to deal with situations. But now with wisdom, we see problems and we can confidently approach them. Many of us maybe have have experienced that with other people. Maybe something has come up in our life that's rattled us. But a dear brother or sister in the Lord, it didn't shake at all. Right? Why is that? Well, because they are confident that in the wisdom of the Lord that they can face anything, deal with it all. Because no longer are they unsure, no longer are they fearful. But let us see, though, brothers and sisters, also that that strength uh, is not a boastful confidence, though, in ourselves, is it? No, rather it, that, that confidence and that strength uh, ought to reveal itself in humility and meekness. It ought to reveal itself in humility and meekness. And, and let us remember that strength and humility or strength and meekness are not opposites. It's, I think oftentimes maybe in our society today it, it appears that way. 
Right? If someone's strong and tough, then they can't be meek. And if someone's meek, then they're not strong and tough. But remember, Moses was very bold, wasn't he? In how he dealt with Pharaoh and in how he dealt with the Israelites. And yet, we are told in Scripture that Moses was the meekest of all people on the earth. Right? Even Christ Himself right, dealt harshly when needed to with the spiritual leaders in Israel. But we're also told that Jesus was meek and lowly in heart. And it's this humility that in wisdom that Solomon will go on to describe as he gives us practical applications of wisdom's use in the verses to follow. Right? That's what we're going to see going forward. Uh, one, one that we'll consider when we meet next time is verse 2. Right In verse 2 he says, I say keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. And so here, our practical use of wisdom. How is wisdom demonstrated? By loyalty to the king. By loyalty to the king. Loyalty to the, to the civil magistrate. Loyalty to your local government, which people maybe not, don't like to hear today. It was the 17th century Scottish Presbyterian minister, Alexander Nisbet, who said true religion is a good friend to the civil magistracy. True religion is a good friend to the civil magistracy, which teaches us what? That wisdom calls us to dutiful obedience to the authorities that are over us. I think so many find that hard, but that's because so many lack wisdom. But this is why we need to be calling out to God for this kind of wisdom. Right? We need to be hungering and thirsting for, for this kind of wisdom, not just for ourselves, right? but that we might honor and glorify our Lord and we might be a benefit to others. What does James tell us in chapter 1, verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. But this is a wisdom that no person will ever receive right? unless... It is through He who is wisdom personified. This is why John Gill says that true spiritual wisdom is no other than the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you have not found the grace of God in Christ, you have nothing. You are destitute of wisdom. You may have the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of this world is pride, it's vanity, it's conceit. It is the wisdom of fools that leads to death. Those who desire true wisdom must not look to the things below, but rather to He who is above. Wisdom is found only in Christ, who we hear about through the Gospel and through the Word of God which He has given to us. And so to Him we must all flee and we all must go. As Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, And how from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Right, The one who is wise is the one who God has made able to see that they are a perishing sinner. Right, The one who is wise is the one who, who places his hope and who anchors his soul in Christ in Christ alone. And then turns to the Scripture to be taught true wisdom by looking to Christ who was perfectly wise, who did everything with wisdom, who who spoke the right words, did the right things, acted in a perfect manner towards others, 
right? Perfectly obeyed the will of his father. Perfectly loved the sinner. Right? Perfectly did everything that was required of him with the goal always being the glory of God in everything that he did. And so, brothers and sisters, if you want to be wise in this world, we must all first look to Christ. Right? Not to, to this man or that man or this preacher we like or that preacher we like. We must look to Christ who was wise in every situation in everything that He did. Let, let His wisdom be our guide. And this is a wisdom, though, that you and I must never stop asking for as well. Right? Every day that we wake up, that's one of the first things we ought to pray. Lord, give me wisdom for this day. Right, that I might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And every day of our lives, we ought to continue to be praying for wisdom because none of us will ever be perfectly wise right, so long as we are living on this earth. And so we must look to God, right, call out to Him, ask that He would give us this wisdom so that we might lead our families well. Right, wisdom that we might be godly spouses and parents. Wisdom that we might serve our local church well. Wisdom to, to glorify God by serving government or those who are in authority over us. Wisdom by dealing with unbelievers in a profitable manner. Wisdom to discern ourselves better. Wisdom to recognize our own sin and be able to flee from it. Wisdom to be able to, 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 to pray unto God and call out for the, the grace that each one of us needs. And we can go on and on and on in all the manner of ways in which we can pray to God and how we might use wisdom. But it only comes from above. Right? It is a gift. And so each one of us must, must run to the gift giver. But we ought to do so with a desire to honor and serve Him alone with this wisdom. Right? We ought to do so wanting to obey Him. That ought to be our motivation, which springs forth from a, a pure heart that loves the Lord. But I want us to see all the benefits of this heavenly wisdom. Not just for yourself, but for all all who are around you. This kind of wisdom, Christian wisdom, heavenly wisdom, is invaluable. It's invaluable to you and I. It gives beauty and strength to the one who has it. But that's only because wisdom makes you and I more like Christ. And as that wisdom grows in you and I, what it is doing is it is conforming you and I right, to the image of Christ who is the wisdom and the beauty and the strength for all who believe. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. Uh, we thank You, Lord, that You are faithful and true, uh, that You uh, teach us by Your Spirit, and You tell us that if any is lacking wisdom, that we ought to call out unto You and that You give it to Your people. And so, Lord, as we have been convicted by Your Word in our lack of, of seeking out wisdom and, and living by Your wisdom, Lord, we ask that, that You would fill up the wisdom of Your saints here this evening. That wherever we are lacking wisdom, that You would, you would increase it. Uh, whether that's that's wisdom in how to make right usage of uh, the knowledge of God that we have been given, if it's uh, wisdom in in how to uh, honor and serve uh, our spouse, if it's wisdom in in raising up children, if it's wisdom in how to deal with 
a tough situation at work, if it's if it's wisdom in whatever case, Lord, we pray that you would that you would grant it to us, uh, that we might uh, walk in a in a manner worthy and pleasing, uh, Lord. But ultimately, we pray that you would help us to see that that wisdom uh, is a gift from God, and that we must look to you for it, and that we must ultimately look to Christ. Uh, who is wisdom's guide, who is wisdom personified. For it is only in Christ that we will find uh, all that is lacking. And it is in Christ as we turn to Him that we have the promise that He will He will nourish us and He will give to us uh, all that we need. And so, Lord, we pray that during this week, uh, the Holy Spirit would be continuing to teach us uh, what it is that we have learned this week, uh, this morning and this evening, and that He would be uh, drilling it into our hearts and into our minds and, and causing us to, to, to live it out. Uh, that He would be strengthening us to, to call out to You in prayer for everything that we need. And so, Lord, we, we come before You this evening and we ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen.